0: Welcome to Rema for today.
1: And I began to see the scriptures on healing and faith. And I came down to the fifth chapter, of course, of James. And he says, "The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much." And I looked at that verse of scripture and I thought, "Oh my, my! If I was just righteous, if I could ever get to be righteous, God would hear my prayer." But I was acquainted with all my own physical shortcomings. And mistakes and failures and they stood out in front of me. But you know, one day I happened to be reading that a little more closely and he said Elijah, Elias, or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He gave him as an example of a righteous man appointed. and something registered on the inside of me and I said, hey, wait a minute here, if that fellow could be called a righteous man, I could because he is about like me.
0: Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, Six Big Hindrances to Faith, on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message.
1: I preached a fellowship meeting on a Monday night in that area. I remember this lady came to me and said, "Brother Hagen, I've been very busy, but I've followed your suggestion. And in these past twenty, in this past month, I've found twenty-five of those scriptures. Now I've written every single one of them out. I mean, re- written the entire text. You see, not just the, the, uh, where it's found, but the quotation." And I have begun to confess, or to say to myself, and to the devil, and to my husband, and to my children, and to anyone else who listen, this is who I am, this is what I have. And you know, she said, now I've been saved since I was a little girl in the full gospel church and filled with the Holy Ghost. I graduated from such and such a Bible school. Then I went on further and took further education and received degrees. And she said that, and have been working here for eight years in this church, but did you know that in the last 25 days just doing what you suggested, that I'm an entirely new and different person? I found out I don't ever worry anymore. In fact, she said, I think differently, I act differently, I feel differently, physically, mentally, and spiritually, until she said, I just pinch myself sometimes and say, is this really me? Well, she said, Brother Haggai, it seems like, I know you can't be born again, again, but it just seems like that I've been born again, again. I said, to tell you the real truth about it, sister, you're just now beginning to walk in the light of what you had all the time. Praise the Lord. Now, isn't that strange and, and yet sad? That a person could be a Christian for so long, and yet the story is true concerning practically everyone, could have been a Christian so long and really never walked in the light of what they really had, because you see a lack of understanding of what they were in Christ and Christ was or is in their life hindered them and hindered their faith. Just doing that cured her of the worry habit. She said, I never worry anymore, I was such a great one to worry. Yes, friends, it's a sin to worry. Did you know that? Oh, don't shout me down now just because I made a good statement. Praise the Lord. Yes, you know, you can get off on what some folks are doing and preach about it, and people just shout. You know, you could preach about the tobacco habit, and a lot of folks would just shout you down almost. Amen. That's right. But I want to tell you, friends, the worry habit's twice as bad as the tobacco habit. Amen. That's the truth. That's the truth. And a lot of churches I know, they wouldn't even take members in the church that had the tobacco habit, but they got churches full of them that's got the worry habit. And it's the worst one. You see, tobacco will just half kill you, but worry will kill you. A <laughs> fellow that uses tobacco is just, just half alive. I mean, if he don't get cancer of the lung or throat and eventually kill him, he's just half alive while he lives because he can't smell and he can't taste anything, what it really tastes like. And then besides that, he stinks. <laughs> Amen. That's the truth. And so, you see, it, it it's a bad habit. We all know that. But I'll tell you, the worry habit's worse. I'm going to tell you, it was an easy thing for me to get delivered or, or rid at the back of habit, but I'm going to tell you that worry habit, that, that sin of worrying was the, was the hardest sin for me to ever give up. Now, some of you folks are still sinning. I know you are. I can tell by the look on your face. Come on now, say amen if you can. If you can't, say, oh, me. It's all true. No, friends, God don't want us to worry. He wants us to be free from worry. I don't believe he wants us bound by any kind of habit, do you? The Bible tells us how to get free. He said, Cast in all your care upon him, for he cared for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Praise the Lord. Then number three, third hindrance to faith is a lack of understanding of righteousness, what it is and what it gives holds more people in bondage than perhaps anything else. Now, I never shall forget when I lay on the bed of affliction years ago, and I began to see the scriptures on healing and faith, and I came down to the fifth chapter, of course, of James, and he says, The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man evadeth much. And I looked at that verse of Scripture, and I thought, oh, my, my, if I was just righteous, if I could ever get to be righteous, God would hear my prayer. But I was acquainted with all my own physical shortcomings and mistakes and failures, and they stood out in front of me. But you know, one day I happened to be reading that a little more closely, and he said, Elijah, Elias, or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He gave him as an example of a righteous man appointed. And something registered on the inside of me and I said, Hey, wait a minute here. If that fellow could be called a righteous man, I could because he is about like me. In fact, he sort of reminds me of myself. You know, you see him at his high moments, but he had his low moments. He's even wanting to be dead one time. He said, Lord, just let me die. But if he would wanted to die, all he had to do was just stay put and Jezebel would have taken his head off. He would accommodate him. He didn't have to worry about that. He didn't want to die any more than you did and you said, I wish us dead. Amen. Well, I thought to myself, how could God call a person like that uh, as inconsistent as that righteous? But I read in the 32nd Psalm where it said, Blessed is the man whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. Praise God. And I saw God, the blood of the innocent animals slain, covered their sins, and God uh, did not count it as though they sinned, but it imputed righteousness unto them. And then as I came into the New Testament, I found Second Corinthians 5 21 where it said him who knew no sin. Him who knew no sin, that was Jesus, was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's another one of those in him scriptures. In Christ. Praise God. I saw then that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and that by virtue of the new birth we've become a, a righteous new creature. Now, God did not make an unrighteous new creature. Did you hear me? We are created by God in Christ Jesus. He didn't make an unrighteous new creature. He made a righteous new creature, our new creation. He didn't make a new creature. We are sons and daughters of God, born not of the will of man or of the will of flesh, but of the will of God. Well, we are not unrighteous sons of God. We were born righteous. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that we can stand in the presence of God as though we'd never sinned. That means we can pray, stand in the presence of God as though we'd never done anything wrong. Praise God. That means, my friends, that we can stand in the presence of God without any kind of a spiritual inferiority complex, or without sin consciousness, or without uh, spiritual embarrassment, and we don't have to become tongue-tied because of fear. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. But we can come into his presence and into his very throne room because we belong. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. You see, when we were born again, our sins were remitted, and all of our past life stopped existing. And God himself said, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions, and I will not remember thine iniquities or thy sins. So he do not remember I did anything wrong. Why should I remember it? Oh, hallelujah! You see with what confidence we can come. Praise God. Yes, but somebody told me, Brother Hagin, you don't understand. I know all that's true, that I was born again, all my past was remitted, I became a new creature, but I've failed so many times since then. Since I've been a Christian, I'm just about the weakest one of the bunch, and I'm the biggest failure you've ever seen, and I've sinned and I've failed. Well, thank God I still have good news for you. 1 John 1, 9, 1st epistle of John first chapter 9, verse isn't written to sinners, it's written to Christians who have sinned. And he said, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
0: You are listening to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life. So visit us today at rhema.org. That's R H E M A dot O R G. I'd like to tell you about this month's very special offer the limited edition Kennethy Hagen Legacy Bible. It contains a collection of 26 lessons on faith bound in beautiful black genuine leather. It features the King James text, a concordance, and a harmony of the four gospels offered for a special introductory price of $129.95. 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.
2: And we got Living Faith Crusades coming up in March. Yes. Uh, we're going to Two places we haven't been before. That's right. March 4th through the 6th, we're going to be in Ridgely, Tennessee. Ridgely, Tennessee. Abundant Life Fellowship Church, Pastors David and Tammy Gray. I'm looking forward to that. And, hey, all the people in that area, hey. Uh, get the news out. Come out. We're gonna have a great time. going now. Then we're gonna move right over there on March seventh through nine. That's we're gonna right. move over to Cleveland, Tennessee. That's Wednesday through Friday. Yes. At Cleveland Christian Fellowship with pastors Mark and and, and Margaret Strickland. It's gonna be a great time. I hadn't been in Cleveland in many many years. That's our, right. Our good friend Norval Hayes, Hayes lives in Cleveland. Yes. And I'm gonna have to get a hold of him and and uh, <laughs> and see if uh, we can get together. When we get there, I think it's been about 1973 since we've been there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> long no, time. That, it, we've seen him, be, oh, between, yeah. but that that's the last time I've been to Cleveland, I think. Yes. I don't know. I can't. No, I've been there before. Okay. Uh, she, she's going back too far. Oh, all right. Uh, all you right. went back too far. Hey, but we're excited about it because uh, I haven't preached in these places in years. Yes. I haven't preached in Cleveland, Tennessee in a, in a long, long, long time. That's I've been right. there. But, and, and we've never been to Ridge. We are looking for, we yes. want you to come and be with us. Get the news out, okay? Tell everybody.
0: Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue with Kenneth E. Hagan's life changing message on six big hindrances to faith. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.